0: Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you today's message. Okay, so with this in mind, I want to read to you a story that is very important right, he loved people and he was an icon, and he's with his disciples, and I'm going to read you this crazy story, this crazy story um, about an encounter that a group of people had with this man named Jesus, all right, it's found in your Bible in Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 19, I don't know what page it is in your Bible, but I have it right here uh, on the screen, so we can read it together here if you wish, 11, verse 11, it says this, it says, it happened... That as he made his way toward Jerusalem, Jesus was a traveler. He loved walking. He loved traveling to different cities and just impacting people's lives. That's who Jesus was, right? He crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. So there was this gap. As he entered a village, ten men, all lepers, not leopards, lepers. I'm going to explain what that is, right? Met him. (laughs) They kept their distance but raised their voices calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Here's something very interesting. Before I go to the next part of the verse, let me tell you what a leper is. Back in the day, there was this crazy disease called leprosy. Leprosy was pretty much a death sentence if the doctors diagnosed you with it. Once you'd be diagnosed you uh, with leprosy, you had to cover yourself for two reasons. One, so that people can identify you as sick. You're sick. You're messed up. Number two, so you can protect your your body from from the cuts and the sores, and I'll explain explain that. But what you would do is you'd be escorted out into the gates of the city where you lived at, and you had to be just far away. You were not allowed inside the gates. You were not allowed inside the city. You were literally homeless outside, and you would just hang around with other lepers that that were the same way. Uh, and, And if somebody were to come in a certain distance from you, you had to yell, unclean, unclean, I'm unclean, because this thing was also very contagious. Leprosy was a very serious condition because, number one, what would happen is you would lose sensation to pain. It was very interesting that you lose sensation to pain. So, if, you know, there there are stories, and you can look this up in history that people with leprosy back in those days they would walk, and if they scrape their their if they fell down or scrape their 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 arm on a tree bark, uh, they would be bleeding, and 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 they would not feel it. They would not feel their pain, and then they would just get infected, and they would not treat it, or maybe they just got hurt from the back, or and when they're asleep they get cut up or something, and they just would not feel the pain. Their body would literally be numb. So you would go to the this intense pain of, of, of in your body, and then all of a sudden, every nerve, uh, a sensational feeling would just die, and you would not feel anything anymore. What's really even interesting, right, all the kids are dismissed, so I can probably talk about this, is that they would wake up in the middle of the night, lepers would wake up, and they would feel their ears, and they would feel like something's missing, a piece of their ear was missing. And they would think uh, that, that, that um, I don't know, my ear just fell off, which is not true. What would happen is when they would go to sleep, rats would come and smell the dead flesh and smell the rotten, rotten flesh. And they will start eating at their ear, and they wake up with no ear. But they wouldn't feel it because they lost all sensation. Leprosy was literally a death sentence, and it was something very, very, very crazy. And if you had that, you know, you couldn't hug your kids Couldn't hug your wife, couldn't hug your your husband, you couldn't be around family. You were literally an outcast. And um, maybe not to get too spiritual, although this was a physical thing. Leprosy to the body is like sin to the soul. When we find ourselves okay with certain things that we know we shouldn't be doing, we get accustomed to it. And we can actually have spiritual leprosy metaphorically for saying, I'm okay with sinning, I'm okay with doing what I'm doing, and it doesn't affect me anymore, my sin. And it could be a dangerous route when you have spiritual leprosy because you don't even feel the sin anymore, the guilt of, man, I, I need to stop doing what I'm doing. So these men see Jesus in this gap and they say, Master, have mercy on me. Let's continue reading right here. It's taking a good look at them jesus right he said go show yourselves to the priest why because the priests along with the government officials were the ones that decided whether you should stay in the city or get out so jesus is like hey he sees them he gets at a good distance with them and he's like go show yourselves to the priest and then all 10 of them they went away and while still on their way became clean Wow, miracle. Check this out. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at the feet of Jesus. So grateful, he couldn't thank him enough. And he was a Samaritan. Real quick, as I go to the next verse. Samaritans and Jesus was a Jew. If you guys knew that, Jesus was a middle, is in the Middle Eastern. That's where he lived. That's where most of the stories of the Bible come from, the Middle East. And Jesus was a Jew. So Jewish people and Samaritan people, it, it didn't, they didn't get along. So for this encounter to happen, if somebody else were to see this, they'd be like, you're not supposed to be talking to those people. Those people are messed up. Those people are this. And then they just you know, obviously had these, these probably dumb fights. But Jesus accepts this Samaritan man. Healed them. And check this out. Jesus said, were not ten people healed? He tells these ten to go show themselves to the priest. And then later this one guy comes back says, thank you so much. And Jesus is like, were there not ten people healed? Where are, the, you know, where are the other nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except, you know, this outsider? Then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed you and saved story in the story I want to quickly talk about three things that I've learned from this and I want to adapt and apply the culture to this number one my first point is this when we talk about Things that are Spiritual it can get crazy sometimes when you hear that somebody is talking spiritual It's almost like a turn off to some people But in fact, I'm here to tell you that the world is looking for spiritual encounters. You see, these people knew of Jesus, but they didn't ask for money. They didn't ask for anything physical. They simply asked this, Jesus, have mercy on us. He didn't say, Jesus, you got a dollar? Jesus, you got 10 bucks? Jesus, you got some money you can give us? Jesus, can you spend time with us? No, no, nothing physical. They knew that they needed a spiritual encounter from this man. The world is looking for spiritual encounters. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is this concept of spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening. The world is dying to have spiritual encounter. What does that even mean, the spiritual awakening? Let me tell you something. There are people today that will go on thousands of dollar excursions, celebrities, and, and different things. Um, one of the uh, blessings that God has allowed me to, to have is um, I have a company and I film uh, for social media influencers. So I have a company and I do that. And I was talking to one of my clients uh, who's in Dubai. So this client flies me out to Dubai once a month. So every month I go for a whole week to Dubai and I film content, glory to God. I didn't even ask for that. It's just when you surrender your life to God and you give your gift back to God, God will open doors for you. And, um, and, and it's a beautiful opportunity. But when I go, I see that culture and, and the way they talk about different things. So the guy that I talk to, he's a, he's a or the guy that I work with, he's, a, he's Catholic and he's Hindi. So his concept of spiritualism is different. And the Lord is using me to talk to him about, like, man, like, they're doing so much stuff for spiritual things. And I'm just like, man, like, it's, that's difficult. That is hard. Like, like man, like, if, you know, Christianity is not even like this. Like, man, like, they just really go above and beyond and stuff. So I hear things. And, you know, I've been around very important people. Some the status be called celebrities. They're in Dubai. And they would talk about this excursion. That they would go and pay thousands of dollars for. Uh, there's a actress by the name of Megan Fox. There's other people that have paid for the same excursion. They'll pay thousands of dollars and they'll take a boat to this, like this island, to meet with this spiritual guru. And the very first thing is so stupid in my opinion. They have to take a drug. They take a drug, and all of a sudden their eyes are opened. And then the spiritual things come, and they got to light stuff and do these different type of things, and they'll pay thousands of dollars to stay a week in the jungle. And then on top of that, they go up to the mountain to have, like, the climax of their spiritual encounters. In my head, I'm like, bruh. I'm like, all of this, I'm just like, bruh, awful what? To have some type of, like, dopamine effect to just make, like, I felt good, and I had this spiritual thing. The world, guys. Is, is hungry for spiritual encounters and some people will pay thousands of dollars live in the jungle take some drug and some other crap and just get high and be like oh this is spirituality when Vida City Church is down the street and you can just come to one service and say Lord here I am and then God will just touch you what no one's asking you to get on no boat we're not offering you a specific type of venom drink to drink in order for you to see God or something. What the heck? I just find it so fascinating. I mean, you're hearing from somebody who grew up in a home where it's, it was spiritual, where we, we were talking to God. Not, not religion stuff, not, none of this crazy light candles and all that stuff. I'm talking about literally have a relationship with God. So you're, you're hearing it from somebody like that. However, there's people that just don't know what this spiritual awakening is. But the world is looking for that. That's why progressive Christianity... Is, is on the rise, if you don't know what progressive Christianity is, it's, it's a very scary, dangerous religion that hybrids what we want to do in the passions of the flesh to what the word of God says, and it's a hybrid in putting it together, what do you want, go ahead and ask God to forgive you, you know, um, I mean, there's stupid sayings, bro, like I'm talking about like sayings that are like, what um, oh, what is it when I heard, why stop sinning if God keep forgiving? True, but what does that even mean? So I just keep sinning because God keeps forgiving me? Even though I'm forgiven, that doesn't mean I'm saved. Even though I'm forgiven, doesn't mean I'm going to heaven. Even though I'm forgiven, doesn't mean my life is changed. And this is one of the things that I think a lot of people are missing um, in, 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 in church. Check this out. Jesus uh, um, is, is all about when he, when he left this earth, right? When he ascended to the Father, as the Bible describes, he says, go and make disciples of all nations. Somebody say disciples. Disciples. He didn't say, go and get everybody saved. And a lot of what churches and ministries are doing is, man, we're just trying to get people saved. We're just trying to get people saved. What does that even mean anymore? You just say a prayer and all of a sudden you're magically saved? No. No. But that's what everybody's doing. We're just trying to get how many salvations that we have. That's good. Amen. Praise God for that. But Jesus didn't say go out and try to save everybody. He said go out and make disciples. There's an extra step there than just being saved and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Can I get an oh yeah? There's a disciple aspect to it. But the world is hungry for spiritual awakenings. These people, these ten lepers were hungry for something spiritual. Nothing physical. I don't want food from Jesus. I didn't want money from Jesus. I didn't want 10 minutes of his time. I wanted something that could change my life forever. This is this. This is the spiritual awakening. I still had the brain up, like, bruh. (laughs) Um, The next thing is the spiritual approach. We find in this story that Jesus tells these, these, these sick people, he sees them, and he says, Go show yourself to the priest. Just that. Not that you're healed, but go show yourself to the priest. Jesus told them to do something that was obviously a big no-no. No, No, they were the ones that literally kicked us out of the city. What are you talking about? Go show yourself to the priest. They all go. Check this out. (laughs) The spiritual approach to this was that when you have... This one guy out of the 10 realized that they were healed. One guy came back, and the approach to this spirituality was the spirit of thanksgiving. Somebody say thanksgiving. 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 He came back, and the Bible describes, instead of running to his family first, instead of going back and realizing that he was healed, right? He was healed. I mean, the ears were still missing, but but it, he was healed. I mean, fingers were missing, he was healed. Uh, 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 you know, there was maybe a toe missing or, you know, scrapes in his body, but he was healed. And all 10 of them realized that, but one of them said, before I see my family, before I go back to my wife, before I go back to my kids, before I go back to my mom and my dad, and before I hug those that I've missed so long, I need to go back. And thank God. He goes back and he thanks Jesus. And what happens with this spiritual approach? Thanksgiving. Listen, if you want an encounter, a spiritual encounter with God, our attitude needs to be in the spirit of thanksgiving. That's why we should start our prayers with thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, God, for this food. It's not God, I need this. God, I want this. God. No, it's thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. When we understand as a church the concept of thanksgiving and we apply that to our lives, everything will change. Because now it's it's no longer, man, the stuff I don't have, it's God, I'm grateful for what I do have. Thanksgiving will change everything. We're coming up to Thanksgiving, actually. So make sure you eat your turkey. And when you take that bite, remember, I need to be grateful and thankful. So the spiritual approach If you want a spiritual encounter with God, most of reactions through a survey, they were asking, what would happen if you were to talk to God? There was three of them. The first one was, man, God's going to be upset at me if I try to come and talk to him. If I try to come up to the altar and I say, God, here I am, God will be like, I got you. See, you are messed up. You're screwed up, and you messed up your whole life. That's what our concept is. But that's not not even biblical. So why are we adding stuff to something that's not even the Bible? Okay, the point is this. I come with an attitude of thanksgiving and say, God... Here I am. I just want to say thank you. You know what I'm going through. The Bible describes that he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. God knows the mess-ups we, we are doing. He knows us better than ourselves. And he knows what we're going to do tomorrow, next year, and next week, unless Jesus comes back. He knows our mess-ups. Imagine somebody who knows everything about you. He knows all your text messages. He knows all your DMs. He knows everything you've ever posted. He knows all of that. He knows everything. He knows what you're going to do next week at a specific hour, specific time. He knows how much of a screw-up we are. And even in that, he's like, I still love you and I still want to use you. Because you expose that stuff to other people. Man, I don't want to be around you. Get out. But you have a God who's like, man, I know. And I love you. And I still want to use you. I still want to be with you. Wow. That's crazy. The spiritual approach is thanksgiving. Now, check this out. This is very interesting. Pay very close attention to this next part. The last thing I want to talk to you is the spiritual exchange. If I come to God, what's the exchange that's going to happen? The exchange. What will I get in return? What's the exchange? Not the fact that I'm gonna get stuff, but what would happen if me, as a human being, came to God with an ex- with, with wanting a spiritual encounter, and I had a th- an attitude of thanksgiving? God, here I am. God, thank you for what you've done. I am grateful. I am thankful for what you've done in my life. What would happen? You see, what this person did, and I want to go back to that verse, and I want to show you what the exchange was. It's very interesting. Y'all stay with me. he says, Jesus said, when this guy came back, were there not ten healed? He says, where are the other nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? He was talking to the disciples. Now, where's everybody at? Only this one guy came back. Don't miss this. It's very profound. When you come with an attitude of thanksgiving. Then he said to him. Get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. If you look at it in a different translation, perhaps maybe in your Bible, this is the message translation. That's why you see MSG message. If you look at the King James Bible, it says, get up. He's like, Your faith has healed you and has made you whole. Has made you whole. Watch this. As the other nine were going back, they were healed. When he came back and said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you did for my life. He's like, go. You're not only healed, but you are made whole. walking back to the city to do what Jesus had asked him to do, go to the priest. He's going to go hug his family. He's going to go see his, his kids, his loved ones, his, his mom and his dad. He's going back to the city, but not only is he healed, he's made whole. What does that mean? What is the difference between this guy and the other nine that walked off? You see, this guy might have had a different finger that fell off. Maybe a rat bit into his ear, but he looked at it and you realized, wait a minute, I thought I only had three, almost Almost four fingers, but now I got all five fingers. Not only was he healed from the disease, God made his body whole. That he noticed that was my fingers back, my ears back, my toes back. God God is a God that's in the business of not only healing you, but making you completely whole. Wow. And that one person, all he did what? Came back and said, thank you. Some of us in this room, we want healings. God, I just want to feel good. I'm going to go back to this real quick. Bruh. (laughs) I just want to feel good. Just God, I just want some dopamine to hit me that I just feel good about myself that I went to church. I want to feel good about myself that at least I learned another song with Matt and the worship team. I just want to feel good that my whole family is at least at church. I mean, we in the back row, but hey, we showed up, right? Uh, We come late and we leave early, but at least we came to church. We pulled up in the parking lot. I mean, perhaps. I wouldn't doubt there's some people. I just need to feel good by myself. Let me just drive in the driveway. <laughs> I went to church. <laughs> True, but like, come on now. Some people want like spiritual awakenings. Let me tell you this story. I was helping a young lady learn how to drive. On my left, to your right, there's the exit. Right? There's the exit. She was there. And she said, I don't know when to go. There's so many cars going left and right. And this is what I said. I said, okay, stop. Put both hands on the steering wheel. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes. I said, when you feel it in your heart to go, you go. She was like, okay. I was like, no, stop. What are you doing? I was like, it's stupid. Don't take that advice. I wonder what she thought, though. I mean, she didn't think that. You know, I don't know what she was thinking, like, actually following that order. But the thing is, like, somebody else would have took that as, Oh, it was a spiritual awakening. I put my hands on the steering wheel, took a deep breath, and let it go. Wow, I'm in heaven. What, no. Desperate people will do desperate things to get what they want. And they'll go outsource different things to get what they want, to fill spiritual needs with physical things. But then you have people who just simply say, Jesus, I am a screw-up, and I don't deserve your mercy or your grace. If you can just, if, if I can just feel love from you, like, that, that's it. And not only is this individual healed, he comes back and says, thank you, God. And he says, wow, your faith has made you whole. I don't know what your need is in here. We're all different people. We all have different lifestyles. We all have different... Uh, We don't all work at the same job. We don't all go to the same school. We don't all have the same classes. We don't all have the same families. We all have different lives. So even though I'm speaking this one way, this message is one way, it's going to so many different ways into your heart. And I'm here to tell you that, yes, God wants to heal you. Yes, God wants to restore you. But he just doesn't want you to feel good And have that bruh moment like, oh, I felt good. And that's it. God wants to make you whole. This person, Jesus, wants to make you whole. He wants to complete you. It's not my heart is broken. Can you heal it? Yes. You'll stop hurting. But God wants to fill in those gaps in your heart and make you completely whole. God doesn't only want to just make you feel better. I don't know how to plainly say it. But God is not here and like just, well, just feel good about yourself. You know, you came to church and then just go. And you're healed. God wants to do a true restoration in your life. And I believe in, in everybody's problems, including I got problems of my own. I still believe to this day when things are impossible that God is a God that can truly restore and make things whole, because it's in his nature. That's what he does. The Bible describes that God is not a man that he should lie. I don't know why I'm treating God sometimes like I would treat my best friend, like God won't come through. God is God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are different than our thoughts. And I don't understand it all, but that's who Jesus is. I've been speaking for approximately 30 minutes. What's our takeaway from this? What are you going to leave with This morning, Hopefully it's not a bruh moment where you just, I have some dopamine, feels good, I went to church. Well, I want you to feel good, yeah. But again, Jesus says come as you are, but don't stay the way you are. Let's grow. That's why there's a few important things I think we need to do as a church as we enter into Thanksgiving season, Christmas season, and coming into the next year of 2022. Pastor and I have been talking. We don't want to leak things out, but we're really excited for this next coming year the new things we want to implement in all the ministries. We're really excited for the next chapter of our lives, and we want you to be part of it. We have such a great church as far as like our English service. And of course, our strongest most uh, people capacity is our Spanish service. We're doing very well as a church health-wise. But we want to grow. Jesus said make disciples of all nations. We're here to get people saved, delivered, but also make them disciples. And that's why I think it's important that whenever we have a chance To go to the grow class, the ones that we've kind of demoed here in the past few weeks. Man, just do it. I need this. Like, you need this. I need this. We all need this. We all need to grow. That's why it's important if there's midweek services, midweek events where one of us is teaching here on a Thursday night. uh, And this, actually, this, I think we're doing Vida Nights this Thursday, right? Oh. Commercial time. Come this Thursday for uh, Vida Nights. It's an awesome opportunity for you to come midweek. And have a service just like this it'll be bilingual so if you have some spanish-speaking people bring them and it's important to come throughout the week to grow but what's our takeaway what are you gonna leave with you know statistics show that the average person that hears a sermon needs to hear it eight times in order for them to actually apply it like not my church heck no we're gonna hear it one time and we're gonna apply it we don't need a Speak on it eight times. Lord, just tell me what I got to do. I'm going to be obedient to your word. I'm going to apply it and act on it. Let's quickly close as the worship team comes up. Give me three more minutes. The verse for today was Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. If you're taking notes, which I highly recommend. The three things we talked about today was the concept of spiritual awakening. Where are you at with that? Have you ever had an encounter with God or you just know all about God? I know all about the church culture. I know all about... I've been to all the services, but then you've never really had an encounter with God. You're missing out. Church services are probably only like 2% of the whole journey, adventure that you can have with God. And, man, just don't miss out. God has so much things for you. Then we talked about spiritual awakening. And then we talked about the approach that this guy had. After wanting a spiritual encounter, his approach was what? Thanksgiving. God, thank you for what you did for me. And through that, the exchange was, Jesus said to him, get up, your faith has made you whole. The exchange here. And the same thing that happened to these guys, I mean, they had death sentences written all over their body. I, I want to thank God that I want to assume that everybody in here is we're pretty much healthy. We're not, we don't have leprosy. But we have an opportunity, too, to come to Jesus and say, God, I just need you to wake my spirit up. I need you to just wake me up on the inside and I want to get to know who you are, and I know you want to, you know who I am, and I just want to connect with you, God, and I just want to say thank you for all that you've done in my family. If I don't say thank you enough, God, thank you for doing things for my family that I don't even see, the things that you do behind the scenes that I don't even notice. God, thank you for protecting my family. And what's the exchange? Lord, I, I know you don't want to just heal me. You want to complete me. And that's what I want. Man, that's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful opportunity for us. And I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet.